Welcome to the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I'm Bethany Bravery, and I'm thrilled that you are here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend on the podcast to share not only the story that God is writing for her, but the story that God is redeeming in her life. I cannot wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to, and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. My guest this week is Lee Nienhuis. Lee's an author and a passionate Bible teacher, and she is also the communications specialist for Moms in Prayer International and the host of the Moms in Prayer podcast and the co-host of the Mary and Martha show. Lee's writing and speaking has been featured on Focus on the Family broadcast and magazine, True Women, Proverbs 31, Hearts at Home, the list goes on and on. She's an incredible Woman, But today, Lee and I, we're going to cover a topic of how to build character in your child in a world of compromise. I know for me, friend, in this crazy season our world is in, it can be so difficult. Um, I'm a single parent, so I can get all the wisdom that I could need um, from this mama powerhouse, and I know you will too. So join us in this conversation. Can you start by telling us a little bit about you, about your family, and why this topic is so important to you? I would love to. Well, my name is Lee, and I have been married to my husband, Mike. It's going to be 21 years tomorrow. So that's woo-hoo. <laughs> Yeah, woohoo. And we have four great kids, three teenagers, and one 10-year-old. And we live in West Michigan at a Christian camp and conference center where my husband is the director of facilities and maintenance. So we live at camp. Nice. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to do that? Seriously. It, it really depends on the day, but this <laughs> is a really fun time of year to live at camp. So why this topic of countercultural parenting? What made you want to write this book? And tell us a little bit more about that. Hmm. Well, I think there was this moment that happened about four years ago where I was looking at what was happening in the world, the things that we were seeing in the newspapers, the things that we were seeing in politics happening, the the mudslinging that we were seeing. And I, I, I just was laying in bed one morning and it was actually the morning after the last election. And, and I, thought to myself and I was praying, Lord, it doesn't even matter who won last night, character lost. We have become a nation that is so divided and so unkind. Mm. Lord, is there anything that we could do? Like anything that I can do, what do we even do? And I just felt like in the quiet of my spirit, he said, raise that child, raise that child of character. Mm. And it kind of, it was just a crossroad because simultaneously, I was seeing things in my kids that were indicating lack of character. Actually, I start my book, Countercultural Parenting, with a story that I found my son looking at pornography on his cell phone. Mm. And, and here I was two months after releasing a book, and, and I just was really just like, Lord, it's not just an out there problem. Character is lacking in here in our home, Mm -hmm. what do we do? And it was just the same from the Lord, just raise that child of character. And so that's kind of where I just started feeling this nudge to, to, to go before the Lord and just say, Lord, what even is character and how do we raise children in this world that feels like a cesspool sometimes? How do we raise children of righteousness? Mm. 
And so for you, what would you say our main goal of parenting should be? And I know as parent, I feel like I missed the mark. I'm sure everyone else listening does as well. So um, do we focus on the wrong things? Why don't you break that out a little bit? I think that is exactly what we do. We have to ask this question, what are we trying to accomplish here in parenting? And, you know, Isaiah tells us that we were created to bring glory to God. Mm. That's our purpose here on earth. And so parenthood or motherhood is not to raise little children who look like us or who um, even behave. It's actually to parent children to know, love, and glorify God. And, And when we look at that in the face of certainly American culture, but I think culture at large, culture is living for self and for pleasure, mm. for um, its own purposes. And and so when I talk about countercultural parenting, I'm not trying to be abrasive. As a matter of fact, Bethany, I think it's like you, I probably don't intend to rub people the wrong way mm. um, or, or to swim upstream just to be contrary. But when we recognize that Society and culture is dragging our children away from God and bringing Him glory, knowing Him and walking with His Son, Jesus. And we look at the real purpose, it feels like they're in opposite directions. And so if we are walking towards God, it means that inevitably we are swimming upstream, and that makes us countercultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and the word tells us that we're set apart. And I think sometimes as Christians, because we don't want to hurt feelings or we want to be loving and kind, we forget, oh yeah, like part of this is living oppositely oftentimes. And so, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So specifically in your personal family, what are some examples of countercultural parenting for you? Well, I think I'd love to just tell you our story with our son Mm -hmm. because that moment and how we deal with our children when we catch them in sin or in in a character issue, I just think is really countercultural in general. Mm. We um, need to disconnect our own identities that we have a lot of times buried in our children Mm. and instead connect them to the heavenly father and say, Lord, this child is struggling. This child has a sin problem. And, you know, Bethany, like when we see things through the lens of the gospel, when we look at our children, we are not surprised to find sin there because it's inside of us Mm -hmm. too. I think countercultural parents look at their kids and go, you too, me too. Mm. You know, like we're all struggling and wrestling to be conformed into the image of Jesus. That's what Romans tells us. And so we're participating in this process. So what countercultural parents are doing, and especially here in my own home, is that I'm constantly praying and going, Lord, how do I help this kid be conformed into the image of Jesus? If that's your goal for them, is that they would look like your son Jesus, then how do I in this moment take this behavior and point it back, not to just behavior that won't annoy me or inconvenience me or reflect poorly on me, but rather is pleasing and honoring to you. And that is always the long road. I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but sometimes I just want to snap my fingers and be done with the disagreement or the or the disobedience. And instead we're taking the long path and always tending to their heart. Mm, That's good. That's good. 
Okay, so let's talk about age groups. So you and I said we both have teenagers and then you have a younger one in elementary school. Um, so what do what age do parents need to start thinking about this type of parenting? And are we talking about from little to when they hit puberty to when there's kind of an issue? Where does it start and what would you recommend? I love that question. And and have turn it almost back to you, Bethany, yeah. but I don't know what time was the first time that you said no to your child mm. and you knew that they looked at you and that they made a choice to do something different. But I'm pretty sure it was like about 10 months yeah. <laughs> that I knew that my child understood the word no. Yes. Um, how about you? Yeah, I would, I, would ex- I would agree. Sometimes even before, I mean, if you think about the fact that they're sitting in their high chair and they're dropping their toy for the 50th time and you keep picking it up, maybe even before they're vocal and you're like, no, that's no more. And they still smile at you. They kind of know what's going on. So, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and, and so I think it's different at different stages, but for the most part, like zero to two, zero to three, you're modeling character. They're mm-hmm. like sponges. And mm-hmm. so you are putting character on display in that time. You're learning to respond in love. You're teaching them what it is to be loved. And mm-hmm. so they're just looking to you for everything. But we also have to know our child well enough to know there's a will in there. And mm-hmm. when we start to see that be exerted, we're looking for their personality, of course. But we also want to try to detect when they know better than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that parents have to watch for those subtle use in each child to know, no, I'm certain that they knew that that was, that that was unkind or that that was disobedient. When that starts to click and you know, it's time to start using those words. And maybe it's time to use those words before that, even like we need to say, you need to be kind with your hands Mm -hmm. right now. Nope. We can't hit other people. Once they get to four and five years old, they're starting to absorb teaching and the lesson behind what's happening. So that's the time we're going to introduce character tools into their lives, like reading books that cover character issues. We're, I mean, hopefully we've already started scripture with them pointing them to behavior that's loving and kind and forgiving, but it is never too early to start teaching character. And as a matter of fact, the earlier we do, the easier it is for them and for us. As we're talking about the focus of character, what if we unpack the topic of the origin of character? So why is this important for parents to understand this? And how does knowing this give us purpose and set us free? Well, That was my great pursuit in the beginning of this is where does character even come from? Mm. Because across societies, we, we see there are certain things that people esteem. Like if we steal something from somebody, we know that's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's built into us. If someone takes something from us, we, we feel this sense of injustice. And so what I was looking for is why are there certain things that we all sort of agree on. And and really what I've come to understand biblically and, and through other resources that I've read is character finds its genesis in God, mm. who God is. God is good. He's light. He's truthful. He's loving. He's forgiving. Um, all these things that we esteem are, are, I really believe, pointing us to who the father is. And I think that why that is important is because 
God had this plan, and it was to send Jesus to the world to rescue us, yes, from this sin problem that we have, but he was also imaging God to the world. Mm. And so what we see in Jesus is the character that we're looking for in our kids, in ourselves. And then we've already said this, but Romans says, and God's goal for us is to look like Jesus. And God's goal for Jesus was to look like him. And so it is, it's this thing where we will find the most peace and joy and satisfaction, and we will be the best neighbor, the best loving family member when we act like God does. And that's why sin is so destructive is because it breaks that fellowship with the heavenly father and it images him wrong to the world. So I think it's really important for parents to understand that we're not just looking for behavior modification. Mm. We're, We're really, this is, this is God work that we have our hands in and it's the precious and it's a holy calling. That's so good. I love that what you mentioned about not looking at behavior modification, because I think in my daily life, it's like, well, was it a good day or was it a bad day? Or is behavior good? And it's not even it's not even about that. Really being able to step back and see things from his perspective and see was their heart changes? Was there kindness? Was there, you know, any of these questions that you've been asking? It, it really helps. And would you say affirming your kids in those ways, in character ways, is something that you try to look out for to be able to almost like a treasure seeker, but seeking um, for those characters? And how do you encourage that in them? I, I love that because we aren't just looking for the bad. We're mm. looking to reinforce the good. Mm-hmm. And there's such power in being a reflective parent mm-hmm. where we take snapshots of where our kids are right now. Uh, until COVID-19 hit, we were all rushing around at warp speed, especially with teenagers at home. Right. One event to the next event to the next. And we we're falling into bed, exhausted, and just barely had time to do the next thing. But what we did is we all kind of went into a holy timeout for a season. And Mm. I think that parents have the opportunity to do that on our own without that being enforced upon us. But to get up next to our kids and take a look at what is God already doing in them and how do we cheerlead that? Mm -hmm. How do we champion that? How do we say, you know, I saw you, Gabriella, be so kind in that moment. Mm-hmm. That sure did look like the Heavenly Father. And boy, was that a good example to me. I mean, the, that positive reinforcement is just as important as the correction that we need to give to them. Mm. We believe that prayer is powerful. So what does prayer play into the character formation of our kids? What role does that play? I think prayer is everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's the bookend to every day. It should be sprinkled through our day. But the prayers really need to start with just a motivation piece for some of us, where we just like, Lord, I, it is all I can do to survive right now. Help me be an intentional parent. Mm-hmm. Help me to pay attention and to notice the things that I need to be seeing One of the most powerful prayers that my husband and I have prayed is, Lord, would you help our kids be caught? Mm -hmm. Like when, when they're doing something wrong and we need to know it, or do you think it's important for us to deal with, would you help us discover it? Mm -hmm. And, and really 
I think prayer is vital for shoring up our care, our kids' character. It's important for character discovery. Um, but Bethany, when I caught my son looking at pornography, I thought the world might stop mm. in that moment. And it was devastating. It was broken. And I just talked to someone the other day that said pornography is like the common cold in families right now. And wow. to some extent, that is a level of brokenness that, gosh, I hope we're not all experiencing. But I now that we're telling our story as a family, I, I find that's true for a lot of families. But mm-hmm. I can say, I praise God for it. I, I praise God for that trip to mm-hmm. the pit with our family where, where everything was cracked open. My son had a chance to heal, mm. to tell the truth where, where light is shown in healing can begin. And that our story as a family has changed forever because we went through that season together. Mm-hmm. We are closer as a family for having done the work of walking through that and rebuilding trust. And so I, I think that, not only do I rejoice that that we caught him, mm-hmm. but I also know that he knows grace in a way he did not know before. Mm-hmm. And great. it is a part of his testimony that he's willing to share for God's glory. I mean, he says, you can tell my story if you tell people that I'm different. Mm. And ultimately, that change that's happened in him has happened because we were walking through that with Jesus holding our hands all the way through that process. And mm-hmm. it was not perfect. It involved a lot of yelling mm-hmm. um, and hurt feelings. It took months. That poor child was without a cell phone and all his friends had one for a long time, but only has he regained our trust. We just see that what the enemy meant for evil, like God has used for great mm-hmm. redemption. When you found that information out, how did you start that conversation? What did that look like? And I hear, I know that you said you didn't do it perfectly, which I like <laughs> because we don't want everything tied up with yeah. a pretty bow. But what did you take away on some things that you guys learned from that conversation? And how did you create that safe place for you to have that conversation? Well, I am grateful that I do have a husband in the middle of it, Bethany, because I was mm-hmm. land Mm-hmm. And I just want to give room for that for mm-hmm. anybody that's listening. That in the moment, I did not respond greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mad and angry and hurt and confused. But my husband had a face on. And we call his "I'm not surprised" face. <laughs> nice. And he handled <laughs> he handled it with grace. Yeah. You know, and he just took our son into his arms and said, "We love you." Mm. And we're going to walk through this together. And and I think that's because we have now walked with enough guys, enough men through mm-hmm. that. And now I'm starting to walk with women through that, that we know this is this is a common problem. Yeah. And that there's a trap laid out for our kids. And that there are people who intend to ensnare our children in this, into pornography. And so I think it's really important for us to remember to give grace in this moment, even though we're horrified. And, and the days walking out, I had the opportunity to change actually in the afternoon after Mm -hmm. finding out, I had the opportunity to have a, a perspective shift. And that was, we are going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And 
there can be healing on the other side of this. This is something that's temporary, but my child has to be willing to work to, mm-hmm. to heal. And so I sought counsel and I would recommend that anybody do that. There's great books have been written on that, but I also went to a counselor and said, all right, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's what all of us need to do in those moments is that we need to look for godly help. So let's talk about teachable moments. How can we find them and how can we use them to our advantage? Teachable moments happen when we start paying attention. And so I just would always say, Lord, would you help me become more aware of a teachable moment? Like when my child's heart is open, would you please remind me or tap me? And I do think that the Holy Spirit taps us as Mm -hmm. parents where we're like, oh, this is a moment where I probably should say something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we start to do is when we start to see that God's plan, like in Deuteronomy, he lays out that we're to impress these things on our children while we walk along the road, while we lie down, while we get up. And so all of life is teachable, especially Mm -hmm. now that they're home with us more. Mm -hmm. We have this opportunity to just like to use the news as a catalyst to teach them about prayer and compassion and sympathy to open up, open up their hearts to ask questions like, what do you see? One of the things I love to do with my kids right now is to watch the news or hear about some struggle that a family in our church is having or their friend and say, what do you think they need right now? Mm. And that is, that's biblical, right? That is, that is considering others' needs before our own. That's loving our neighbor like we love ourselves. And so a lot of times what they're doing is they're putting themselves at age-appropriate levels into the position of someone else. Mm-hmm. So if they can't think of what that person needs right now, like let's say they got sick, what do you think they need right now? Well, they need medicine. They need doctors. They need someone to help take care of them. We can pray all of those things into place, teach our kids to pray. Mm-hmm. And we can ask, how can we help right now? And that, just that, that little conversation, it wasn't a two-hour sermon. It was just a two-minute conversation that seizes a moment that op- hopefully opens up doors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know when I'm tra- talking to my kids and we're talking about hard conversations, oftentimes it comes across like I am lecturing and the eye rolling starts and all the things. So <laughs> how can I, how can we all collectively as parents have conversations without it always feeling like they're being lectured? Great, great question. Um, when you have that all figured out, get back to me. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> I have three teenagers at home and I am convinced someone's eyes are always rolling Mm -hmm. right now. And one of the things that I just really try to talk about in the book is that from a very young age, we want to ask them to develop teachable spirits, Mm. which is, and that, and to help them understand that our goal as parents is to help them grow in wisdom and that we really do want what's best for them. And, And then I'm watching for the cues too. the minute that they start to shut down, I'm going to try to re-engage them at some level. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's, let's go for a walk instead of just sit here. But a lot of times they will do their own course correction if we ask good questions. And so, like, well, what do you think that Jesus would do in this situation? Or um, how did that other person feel? Or how do you want this to be when you get older? I I think with older kids, especially we say, well, what kinds 
of ways do you want to, for example, my son needs to learn how to manage money. He's going to go to college in a year, you Mm -hmm. know, and like, well, son, how do you want this to look when you're older? Do you want to be a giver or is going to be giving to the Lord a priority in your life? And I think asking some of those questions instead of just lecturing and then saying, when you can engage with them, this is this is why your dad and I chose or why I've chosen to give. Mm. I, I think those conversations happen more naturally if we have conveyed to them that our heart is for their good. I took a parenting class. This was probably when my kids were in elementary school, but it was called Love and Logic. And the whole concept of it was allowing natural consequences to happen. So As a parent, I think I struggle with finding the balance between protecting my kids, but then also allowing them to make mistakes. So how can we find that balance? I think there's a tension here. And I think that we need to keep in mind that the goal of parenthood is to launch them. And that the closer that we get to the age that they're leaving our home, the more release of control we need to be having. So Mm -hmm. the closer they get to the time when they're heading to college or into whatever God has for them in the future, the more that we need to be relinquishing their decisions to them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So we just really need to, when they're younger, prepare them for that, Mm -hmm. help them to to be making up their own mind as they go along. And, And we become, instead of a straightforward teacher, we become more of a coach Mm. as they get closer to this launch sequence. That's good. All right. So expectations, (laughs) expectations are a funny thing. We can have expectations for what a vacation is going to look like or expectations for how our kids will be turned, you know, will turn out expectations, expectations, but how do we set, you know, healthy expectations, knowing our kids are going to make mistakes? Um, pray. Mm-hmm. We pray. Um, and, and we, and we watch to see if the expectation that we've laid on them is too much. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it is an adding and subtracting game and trying to figure it out. I, I think sometimes we give them a responsibility and then we realize, wait a minute, I haven't done the training necessary for them to do what I've asked them to do. Mm-hmm. And when we, see that starting to unwind, then our job is to come in and and reinforce what needs to be trained or taught. Mm -hmm. And I I think um, that this is really a process of watching our child. And and it isn't a formula. It's a child by child basis. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed with my kids, they don't grow at the same rate physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's like, he may be 17 year old in size and he may be 17 year old on a cross country course. But right now, emotionally, he's not 17 years old or he's or he acts a lot older at certain times than his body is. And, and I think that's just a we don't grow at an even rate in every avenue, mm-hmm. in every in every course that that we're running. And so we need to be always saying where where is this child finding traction right now? What is working with this child? Do they understand? Do they have comprehension of what I'm asking them to do? And then we're adjusting accordingly. And and as they grow, we're dialing up the tension on them 
so that they are that, that they're growing in strength and wisdom and discernment and that they're able to make their own choices and hopefully guided by the Holy Spirit. Let's talk to the moms out there. If you could give one piece of advice for moms who desire to build this character in their kids and to parent counterculturally, what would it be? One piece of advice. I think today it would be that you would just stop right now and you would say, Lord, I need your help. Mm. I, I, I need your help to do this well. And my heart is to raise children who know and love you. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, Lord, I just invite you into that process. Mm-hmm. Help me to do this. Help me to remember the goal and um, to be able to lovingly communicate that to my children. I really do think, Bethany, that this whole thing starts with prayer. Mm-hmm. I I think that's so important. I think sometimes, you know, if someone's going through something in our lives and we we sometimes apologize, we say we wish we could do something, but at least we can pray or, you know, we underestimate the power of prayer. And you're so right. It is it is everything. It is everything. We cannot parent the way that God has called us to parent without him. We are weak and we are broken and we're doing it through our own viewpoints, but to be able to submit to him and to be able to trust him and place our kids in his hands is I think the ultimate of what we could do for our kids. That's the ultimate way to love them well. So gosh, well, thank you so much just for sharing your wisdom and now I know everyone that's listening is going to want to grab your book. Again, it's Countercultural Parenting, Building Character in a World of Compromise. So, Lee, where can they purchase your book? Because I know they're going to want to get out and go get it right now. Well, they can get a book wherever books are sold. They can go on Amazon or Christian Book, or you are welcome to go to my website at counterculturalparenting.com. Perfect. And we will have all the links uh, on the show notes for that. And I know that people are going to want to connect with you on social. So how can they do that? I'm at Leanine Heiss, which is really difficult. I'm so <laughs> sorry, but Bethany will have those in the show notes. Yes, I sure will. Um, and something exciting. I can't wait to tell our listeners, Lee, you have been so gracious and generous to be able to donate, not donate, but to give, do a book giveaway, which our podcast listeners love our books. And so we're going to be giving away a copy of Countercultural Parenting, and you can head to bringingherhope.com and enter for that book giveaway. And we will email you if you are one of the winners. So thank you for sharing your books with us. I appreciate it, Lee. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for the wisdom that you brought today. I know I can't wait to start going home and applying these concepts um, and just wisdom and remembering that prayer is so important in our parenting. So thank you, friend. Oh, Bethany, thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. What an incredible conversation with my new friend, Lee. I am so grateful to be able to know that as parents, we don't have to do this alone, that we are together in this. And I loved her reminder of the importance of countercultural parenting and really the importance of raising a child of character is to know and love and glorify God. You guys, we are raising up the kingdom. And if we see it in that perspective, man, we 
feel so humble and so ill-equipped, but the truth is, is that we were never meant to do this on our own, that God has us and he's carrying us and he loves those kids even more than we do. Um, and so to turn to him in prayer each and every day over those kids and over the ways that we parent for patience and to be able to see those teachable moments like we talked about today. So friend, remember, we are doing this book giveaway. I know you are going to want to grab this book. Again, it's Countercultural Parenting, Building a Character in a World of Compromise. You can enter to win uh, that book giveaway at bringingherhope.com. You are going to want to do that. It is such a great book. I also just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for all of you that are sharing on social how much you are loving the Bring Her Hope podcast. Please keep doing that. It's just a great way for us to be able to share more and more stories of redemption with our world. Um, But thank you again for just being a huge support for us. Uh, Keep living those brave stories and I'll talk to you next time.